The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the Northeast. Reserve a table today on 0191213 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk. Newcastle Fans TV. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show, our last show. Before Christmas, and next week is our Christmas special, so make sure you keep an eye out for that one. But before that, we have got a fantastic guest, and Sam, he, he he's someone who's, well, he's been to a lot of big events because of his talent of, of being a musician, and he's managed to catch up with Kieran Trippier and Callum Wilson in Qatar. Yes. Can you explain to all our listeners, please? Yes, this week we're joined by... Mark Brown, who is part of the comedy band The Horn Section, who have just had their own sitcom on Channel 4. Uh, he is also a member of Robbie Williams's band, um, where he plays, uh, well, basically sax and guitar, not at the same time, um, but he's, he's uh, multi-instrumental. Um, I think that's a word. But yeah, and he's a huge, huge, huge Newcastle United fan. So uh, I'm a huge horn section fan. So this was a real fun show and I'm delighted we got to do it today. And yeah, you're in for a treat again. And we're back together this week because last week's show was very weird, wasn't it? It was very weird. It was basically, I met Simon uh, while we were covering the women's training session leading up to their game against Barnsley. Um, which they won, which was brilliant. And they scored two worldies, did Shauna Wilkinson and Georgia Gibson, just to put it out there. But uh, Simon was brilliant. So I managed to speak to him and ask him if he would be interested to come on the show. And we managed to sort that out. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. It was brilliant stuff. So make sure you give that a listen if you haven't already. He's got some really good insights into Newcastle United, particularly this season. People thought we had a fallout, like a, a, a Nolan and Gallagher <laughs> split up thing because you weren't on the intro with me and I wasn't on the main in, uh, interview with you. So, But I, we, we can quash those rumours now with getting back to normal this week. Yeah, the rumours are probably Sam's missus and probably two mates of mine. They're probably the only rumours. Probably. Maybe. What? <laughs> I'm just saying, Kel's, Kel probably thought... What, rumours that I have a missus? Well, they're, they're true. I've been married for... No, no, no. I mean, as in, like, Kel, Kel must have thought... Have you and Johnny fallen out? And probably a couple uh, of my mates are going, have you and Sam fallen out? Uh, no, we haven't. No, we haven't. We just, we, just, we just live in completely different worlds, essentially, when it comes to trying to arrange time. So, especially at the minute, which I won't bore you with my situation anyway. Um, but let's go back on to Mark Brown. Uh, having a chat with Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier, what would you say, Sam, to Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier if you had 15, 20 minutes with them? Oh, I love you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> other, other than that, I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just vibe it. I don't know. I just kind of vibe it. That seems to be what I've done with every other hero, Newcastle United person since we've started doing these things. But yeah, yeah, it'd be great. Trippy has just changed everything, and Callum Wilson just makes all the difference when he's on the pitch. So yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very wary of getting it wrong and not making a fool out of myself because they're two pros who are so key to our little football, our big, big football club. We are very key, very key. And obviously, Kieran Trippier started the ball rolling when he was signed to the first mm. major signing under the new owners back in January. Of this year, still, I suppose we're still we're still technically in 2022, I suppose. So yeah, still, it's been obviously an incredible rise for the last 12 months in regards to Newcastle United, and you can just sense it in Mark's voice when he talks about Newcastle, Sam. That it actually doesn't matter who it is. It's just when you mention Newcastle United now, it's not like oh, it's a oh yeah, we're doing this, 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 and this, and we're mint and we're class, and it's just lovely to speak about, isn't it? Exactly what you said. Exactly what you said. The, like the, from where we were just over twelve months ago, it's been it's been amazing and long may it continue. Speaking of things that long may continue, I have an email. Da, 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 da. It's email time. That's 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 better than the last time you did it. <laughs> uh, Janet in South. 
Newport asks, hello lads, love the show, and I'm just writing to ask you a question for your podcast intros. As we draw to the end of 2022, could you tell me your highlight of the show for the past 12 months? Very good question, Janice from Southport, did you say? Sorry, sir. Southport. Oh, my goodness me. That's uh, Liverpool way, isn't it? Yes, it's not a million miles away from Liverpool, yeah. Merseyside. Mersey, yeah. We'll, we'll not try the Scouse accents. I'm not very good at that. Uh, and I don't want to disrespect Janet, to be honest with you. So, highlight of the show in 2022. I really enjoyed the Paul Simpson interview. Because that, yeah. that gave us a real insight into how poorly managed the Mike Ashley era was at Newcastle. And I thought it was a real tremendous insight into how things were running. And you could just sense the frustration in Paul's voice. But you could tell that he was already fighting a losing battle. But to have that opportunity to go to Newcastle, he was never going to turn that down. Of course he wasn't. But you could sense that he got it. And they wanted to make significant changes, but just weren't allowed to do that. And that just summed up that, that era at Newcastle. And so that's probably one of the standout moments. But there's, there's been many, Sam. What's yours? Mine's much more obvious. Mine's meeting Alan St. Maximin in the flesh. What oh, a tremendous day that was. Seven-hour round trip and totally worth it. And then the next day as a blinder against Man City with a hat-trick of assists, didn't he? So that was a great day. Isaac Hayden as well. Really enjoyed talking to Isaac Hayden, and that was a bit mad how that came around in the end as well. So, yeah, those are probably my two. But if you do want to uh, ask us a question, please do get your emails in. Or it doesn't have to be a question. It could be anything, your thoughts, your comments, anything. Uh, email us at info at newcastlefanstv.com. And the uh, address is in the description for the podcast too. I think another moment that just come to mind was when we decided to to do a, a, a women's Newcastle women's special for the Anik Town game. Yeah, uh, that was I think I think that was something that needed to be done, and it, it was. And I think I remember you saying, Sam, on the day, it's one of the best times I've ever been to St James's Park, and one of the best days I've ever had at St James's Park, and it didn't involve the men's team. It didn't no, involve but it, 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 it like did that. involve me changing my trousers in St. James's Park car park. It, <laughs> it, it did, and um, I'm so glad I, I turned away at that moment. Um, but You have to let me out of my car because I, put the child, I got in the back seat of my car and the child locks were on, so you had to let me out. <laughs> imagine, if I just, imagine if I just left you in there. Oh, scenes. I'd have had to have climbed yeah. in, back into the front seat, which wouldn't have gone well. No, that was a, that was a funny. It was a funny morning, but it was a, an incredible day. It really was. Obviously, getting to meet Amanda and me, a dad as well, and what an occasion! What an occasion! But a fantastic day, and uh, never and nonetheless, to be honest, we really, really enjoyed that. But yeah, so there's a, a few standout moments, Janet. I think it was so difficult to pick. It'll be so difficult to pick one. I probably missed out plenty over the last twelve oh, months, yeah. but yeah, that's probably one of the biggest ones. With, with the, the biggest four moments, if you like, I do agree with Sam. Alan St. Macklin was absolutely incredible. It really, really was. Uh, Christmas is here, but before Christmas, we have got a Christmas present, and that is Newcastle taking on Bournemouth this evening. Can yeah. Newcastle make it through to the quarterfinal, Sam? I hope so. Um, I really hope so. I really hope so. No, it's not the quarterfinal yet, is it? To make the quarterfinals. Well, if we win, we're in the quarterfinal. Yeah. This is, this is the fourth round tonight, or the third round. It's the last sixteen. Yes, it is. We beat we beat Tanmere, didn't we? And then and then Tranmere, then Crystal Tanmere. Palace. Wow, I completely forgot of the Tranmere game that had, that had exited my mind. Palace briefly. I was um, there. Yeah, I know you were. Um, but not as so probably Janet was as well, living in Southport. Um, wow. Yeah. I really hope so. It's gonna. It might be a bit difficult because we've never had this kind of disruption like this before. Um, obviously, we had disruption through COVID and whatever, but I don't know. Can we pick up where we left off and get the job done? I really, really, <laughs> really hope so. Um, yeah, we we'll hope so. I've just. I've actually got the TV on in the background. I can see the other games. So I'll quickly pause it just so I can. So there we go. So MK Don's Leicester, Southampton mm. versus Lincoln, Wolves mm. Gillingham. Ah. Blackburn, Nottingham Forest, yep. Charlton, Brighton, Man United, mm-hmm. Burnley, and Man City, Liverpool. 
There's a chance there, Sam, if we can get through Bournemouth. There is a chance, isn't there? We might do it, but we know it's too early to say we might do it. Let's take care of Bournemouth and we'll see what happens. Yeah. That would be the perfect Christmas present. I'll, I'll take that as a Christmas present for this yeah, year, yeah, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more, that is more than important. But um, I think it's about time to get this episode up and running. This is a fantastic episode. I hope you really, really enjoy it. Let us know in your comments as well what you do like about uh, these episodes as well. And we have got our Christmas special next week as well, yes. so make sure you, you keep an eye out for that one before 2023 is on the horizon with more amazing guests. So yes, a Merry Christmas to all our subscribers and all our listeners around the world. We do really do appreciate it. So thank you very much for all the support and your questions throughout the year. So yeah, this is the last episode before Christmas 2022. It is the Greenwood and Mullen Show and it is with Mark Brown. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today me and Sam are joined by one of the most respected musicians in the industry and he's a part of the award-winning show, The Horn Section, and has most recently been going to guitar with Robbie Williams. And here to explain it all <laughs> is Mr. Mark Brown. Mark, welcome to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show Hi, here fellas. on Newcastle Fans TV. All right. Very, very good. Um, I have to, we'll have to ask straight away, Mark, about the trip to Qatar because you've been watching the World Cup and yeah. you've met just met the England team while while being yeah. there with Robbie Williams as well. So tell us a little bit about it. So we had a Robbie gig out there anyway at the golf club, which was like one of the off nights because I think basically there's nothing much for the football fans to do in Qatar <laughs> if there's no football on because there's no pubs or anything. So they've been putting gigs on on the nights there was no games so we had a Robbie gig on the I guess it was the Thursday night anyway and then obviously Robbie's such a massive football fan and he's got loads of contacts through Soccer Aid so we've heard sort of slight rumours on the flight over that a few of us might be going to the England camp to entertain them because I I think during the Euros they had Ed Sheeran go down and he played a couple of tunes for them so then basically when we landed four or five of us were invited to go to the England camp and obviously they were on a night off and we'd hung out for a bit, played like five or six songs. Um, uh, Harry Kane sang My Way with us. Really? Yeah. (laughs) How did that go? Like, all right. He wasn't too bad. James Madison sang Sweet Caroline and he was really good, which got us us a start. Because basically it was a really weird atmosphere because... I don't know, it's like an awkward, it wasn't, there's not very many people, you know, there's only 30 of them in the, like 30 football players and sort of 10 of us hanging about. And there was a swimming pool in front of us. So it was kind of a weird place to do a gig because they, they, they just finished their dinner and stuff. And then we started playing and Robbie obviously felt it was a bit weird. So he, he was like, oh, I hear James Madison's a bit of a singer, is he? So it basically dragged him up and that sort of relaxed everyone. And it became much more of a sort of laddish karaoke session than a, actual gig and then we banged through a few Robbie tunes I mean I'm not sure how many of them knew Robbie's repertoire if I'm completely honest bearing in mind <laughs> Jude Bellingham was born in 2003 oh don't so, don't <laughs> <laughs> so like Robbie was there like I don't ask your grandma about me sort of vibe so but yeah then it, then we got to hang out with them they're all so nice and I was basically I was stood chatting to John Stones, who was one of the more senior members of the squad, had come over and introduced himself and thanked us very much. And he's like, you know, who do you support? And I was like, oh, Newcastle. And then so he shouted um, Trippier over and Callum Wilson. And I chatted to them for 20 minutes. It's just one of those, one of those can't buy experiences. And it was, it was so good. Honestly, they were so nice. All of them. They're so well mannered. Like they all get, they all came over and introduced themselves one by one. And, you know, we're all like in our mid forties and like giggling schoolgirls. You know, <laughs> like, we're all like, "Oh, nice to meet you." Uh, yeah, so it's brilliant. I mean, look, look at you there. I mean, I know I'm, I'm th- happy there, a, aren't I? This is a very weird question that, I, but I, I can imagine because you're in close proximity. I can imagine Callum Wilson smells amazing. <laughs> he was so nice. Honestly, he was just—they're just really happy to talk. I, sp- I think the thing is. Because it's going so well, 
under Eddie Howe. Like, they're all really happy to yabber on about it, you know, and I was just like, wah, 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 wah. Um, so yeah, they're all, you know, obviously, if it's going badly, I guess they don't want to talk about it much, but it, because it's going so brilliantly, they were more than happy to yabber on about it. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned, I was going to say, it's funny you mentioned James Madison, Mark, because obviously, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, interested Newcastle fans yeah. wondering if uh, you spoke to James Madison as well and said, oh, look. They look, go on, come on. Uh, I didn't I didn't speak to him really, other than to say a quick hello, I didn't really get a chance to speak to him. Uh, um, everyone was hanging around Jude Bellingham trying to get him to sign for their club, to be honest. Sure. Robbie, was right, Robbie was right in his ear all. He's like, oh, come on. What, to sign for Port Vale? Robbie, no, for his, the other team that he supports, Man United. Oh. Oh. So annoying, isn't it? Come on, <laughs> Robbie, you're from Stoke-on-Trent. I know, I know, it's terrible. Yeah, his his public his public thing is Port Vale. I think he's like president now of Port Vale or something. I think yeah. he's made like honorary because we did a gig up there at that stadium over the summer. Uh, and I think yeah, he's been given some sort of honorary role. But in reality, he's a Man U fan, so don't listen to any hype. That's a shame. All the secrets are coming out. I know. Yeah, he's gonna kill me for that. Oh, but um, so, what did you did you have long with uh, Trips and, and Callum Wilson then? I, yeah, I, like, I'd have been starstruck by Trippier going. Just thank you for coming. Yeah, me too. Well, I, I was a bit like I, I did like do a gushing thank you. You've completely changed my life for the last twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're all like, I think obviously they used to hear it. He's just he's really down to earth. He was just like he's kind of you know pretty matter of fact about the whole thing. He's, I mean, they were talking about him being a, Eddie Howe being a good choice for England, and I was like, not, not yet, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have a few more years out of him yet, please. And then Callum Wilson was just like dead friendly, just you know, happy to chat, basically. Yeah, yeah, they're both both lovely. I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't fault them at all. They were great. That's fantastic stuff to hear, Mark. I have to ask, why are you a Newcastle fan? Because all I've got really is that you went to Durham University. So is it because that you spent time there, or was it no, before? I'm, that? From, I'm, I'm from Bishop Auckland. So I'm northeast born and bred. Uh, I grew up in Teesdale, in a little village near Barnard Castle, which no one had ever heard of till uh, <laughs> till the old till, till the eye test. So uh, now everyone knows where it is. But yeah, I, I, yeah, when I you know I grew up there. My mum's from my mum, my mum, I should say. Her, uh, her family's from Walls End, so they're, they're all Newcastle fans. Uh, and I just, to be honest, my, I was thinking about it, like thinking my earliest memory of being a Newcastle fan is probably because of Chris Waddle, because he's from Law, which is the next village up from where I've come from. And that's kind of how I, when I was like 10, he, he, him and it was like, well, maybe a bit, maybe when I was younger than that, probably seven-ish when I first started thinking about it. And it was Chris Waddle and Kevin Keegan and that. Uh, I mean, only, 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 I only ever saw it on like Look North. Yeah, that's how I got into it. And then I went to Durham, mainly because I was staying in the area because I was doing loads of gigs because I played in loads of club bands and stuff. So I used to play, I used to have a hilarious life of doing classical music degree at Durham during the week. And on Friday afternoon, getting this massive blue van and drive to some workmen's club in Sunderland. <laughs> doing a gig there. And the Saturday, we'd drive to a, a holiday camp in Scotland or something. And then I'd go back on Sunday and go back to uni on Monday. That's that like my uh, my weird um, life at the time. Yeah, and I, I, that's when I was, to me, I was when I was at uni. We had I was at university when it was like the the Euros and stuff. So I was at uni ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, and um, uh, during university got access through Maiden Castle to games during that championship and then stuff like that. And I, I went to a couple of games then. Um, and yeah, we used to go down to Maiden Castle and watch them train and stuff. See, see Barry Venison driving around in his white Porsche with Barry written on the back. <laughs> 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 oh, living yeah. the dream. Oh, it's good, it's good that yeah, Barry up and he would go. Barry would go into the, like the, the 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 shop and stuff with his mullet. It was you know we were like it was brilliant. It's it's quite it was fun. I was sort of across a few lines in Durham because obviously it's quite town versus gown and when i was local so I, and i was doing gigs in the area and stuff so it was it was a different experience for me i think for a lot of people but i loved it yeah and then i moved to london 
took over music college after that basically so i was i've, I've been in london since 1999 Hence, I've got no northeastern accent to speak of. <laughs> is that how you got involved with the horn section then? Because that seemed totally like million miles away from from Alex and the rest of the the horn section. Where you've just finished a, a show on Channel Four, which I absolutely adored. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and and the songs are constantly in my head. Ask my wife. <laughs> all, all all weekend, I've been singing Chinese Five Spice. But, uh, <laughs> how did you How did you get into that? Yeah. So what happened there was so. I was at the Guildhall School of Music. Um, Joe, the trumpeter, went to music college at the Royal Academy, and Ben, the drummer, went to music college. Um, and Will, actually, basically, we're all in the same-ish sort of year. If you're in that, if you're in the sort of strata of music college, you end up doing gigs with all those people at the same time. So, me and Joe ended up living together after after we finished at music college. Actually, so I've, you know, I've been mates with him since for twenty odd years, and. Ben and Joe grew up with Alex, so me and Joe ended up going to the Edinburgh Festival to do a music gig straight out of college, um, just like a big band jazz thing. And Alex was there doing one of his first stand-ups, stand-up years at, at, at Edinburgh. So we went to see him, and then I just thought Alex was great. You know, he's really unique sort of comedy voice, which I hadn't really seen any of that to be honest. Because bear in mind, I'd been going to see comedy in workmen's clubs in the northeast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit so, different. It's very different from the footlights sort of vibe that Alex had been experiencing. So me and Joe would go along and then, you know, we'd just hang out. And that kind of, we went to the Edinburgh Festival just as musicians for six or seven years and didn't do anything musically, but we'd always meet up with Alex because he'd be there and hang out and we'd sort of get drunk and say, oh, we should do something together. We should do it. And eventually I invited Alex to come down to another night I'd do at Ronnie Scott's in London, which is a brilliant jazz club I've been playing at for 20 years. And Alex came and did a little stand-up set as part of our music set. And he he used to do this thing called beatbox where he pretends to beatbox along to rec- a recording of it. So he's he basically mimes this recording and, and people think at first he's actually doing it. And then it becomes clear that it's not and it's, it's a recording and it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And it went down a storm at Ronnie's. And I think the thing is, Alex is used to playing in, you know, back rooms of pubs not with brilliant sound systems that, that's what stand-ups have you know it's just a mic and it's a bit rough and ready but the thing is he much preferred coming into a music venue well and the monitor's good and you know people are listening a little bit more and, and yeah so we we sort of then just took it from then alex just then booked us a night at edinburgh for like 10 nights i think we did the first time and we had no idea what we were going to do so two like two weeks before we knocked up a couple of tunes like we all just you know, I think we maybe had five tunes for an hour-long show, but not enough, and the rest of it was completely improvised. But it just sort of got a life of its own. The, Alex was a little bit more successful by then, so people knew that there was this thing going on. So it was like a late-night thing. It started at midnight. So we had Jimmy Carr came along. Tim Minchin came along. Um, who else did that first one? Mark Watson, of course. Tim, Key, all yeah. these all, and they just came along and sort of improvised with the band and messed about. And we knew we had something then because it was sold out completely and it was like queues on the block. And some of them were like meandering things that went on for two and a half hours and it was carnage. You know, it was, <laughs> it was no, there's no structure or anything particularly. It was just a load of drunk comedians essentially having a laugh with a band and we were just trying to play along. And from that, we then focused it in over the next few months and by the following year we had a proper show to take to Edinburgh we went and did the whole thing and the rest is sort of history really yeah it's been a nice it's been a gradual climb but you know getting the sitcom was a is a really big deal you know mm. I couldn't I couldn't have even imagined when I'd finished at uni thinking I'd be starring in my own sitcom it just it still sounds completely <laughs> ludicrous to me and my wife you know what everyone just thinks is what what is, what is this why why are you on the telly <laughs> like, my son's just like, what? The, what's right? There you are. What's that? You know, everyone, confusion is the main thing I've been been receiving from people. I think. How surreal is that moment, Mark, when you're actually on television for the first time, and you're kind of almost not too sure how it's going to go, even though you've had the sold out shows. It's different, probably going on television. And you, but, were, you, were you scared, frightened, or did you just? Think, oh let's, man, let's, that... let's get through the first. Let's get through the first couple of shows, if you like. 
we were on that first morning because the thing is, they Channel Four did it quite weirdly. This one, they dropped it on all four before they put it on Channel Four. So that morning when we knew the general public could see it, we were, I mean, it, was, it wasn't a very nice feeling at all, to be honest, because we were like, no, we hadn't seen any reviews at that point. Because we'd had a press night where they'd seen two episodes and it had gone fine, like, but they don't tell you what they're going to write, obviously. And then on that, there was like an embargo on the press until midday on that first day when it drops. And then thankfully we got a load of great reviews. And then some nice messages started coming through, and a mate, a mate of mine, David, who's from the northeast actually, who who I used to be in a band with when I was like fifteen, he he'd watched it, and he really loved it. And it's like, uh, you know, each message that you get is like, oh, okay, maybe it's not, not so, because oh, basically, I think we just all thought it was too weird, if any, because it's pretty, it's pretty odd. Like, there's no story. Yeah. We, we can't really act. <laughs> it's, it's just like, you know. But then basically that's what people have really responded to it because it's been a while since anything like that's been on. You know, all the things that we love, like Vic and Bob and Father Ted and Harry Hill, that none of that had a story, really, you know. And I think we've been through a period where each sitcom is meant to have this narrative arc, like Fleabag or, you know, all these things where, you know, people are meant to be invested in the story, but it's just it's just a group of blokes messing about. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And I, I, as I said before, I absolutely loved it. But I'm fascinated by um, the cutaway scenes you have with like band rehearsals. Yeah. Now, is that hold any similarity of what actually happened? Because I just can't imagine a bunch of guys going into a room, right, lads, we're going to write a song called Donkeys of Pricks. <laughs> so, how? how? So... So what what happened with those when we made the pilot the, that they weren't in the pilot, and we thought when we were watching the pilot back it had lost some of that nonsense that we had from the podcast, which essentially is the podcast. We will write a song and bring it in, but we the others won't have heard it. And so then we sort of workshop it live on air on the podcast, and we wanted to get a bit of that nonsense to come through in the TV show. So those we, we just did those right at the end of the whole shoot. It was like a whole, we did two days of it and Alex had basically, basically come up with a few vague ideas. Some of us had come up with some songs we were going to get in um, and then we just messed about with it. And it, I think we sort of knew what we were doing more so than the crew around us because they kept trying to get us to redo bits and we were like, we're not going to do that again because the idea is you're catching us just messing about. So they, they let us let us do, they set up cameras in such a way where they didn't have to keep walking in and changing angles and stuff. And then we just got on with it and yeah, they're some of my favourite bits, those. And you can tell, I think you can tell, like, we break, we completely break character. And, we, you know, we're just, there's one bit I really love where Alex is like, how many notes are there? And we're like, <laughs> he's like, a hundred? And we're like, yeah, maybe. That sounds about right. And things like that. I think it's really, that captures the essence of the, what it always has been, which is difficult to put in as a scripted sitcom. Because, you know, learned lines isn't isn't spontaneous and stuff, so. Yeah, they, I think they've got a real important part of the, the show, actually. Do you think it's a case of, Mark, it's just organised chaos? Yeah, definitely. That's what it is, don't you? Yeah, completely. Like, the, the, what we have, because we're all really properly trained musicians, jazz musicians, you know, we're all not just degree level, like, beyond that. Like, we're all really expert at playing, actually. Yeah, Alex and, is the least talented one. Obviously. And Alex hasn't got a clue. You know, he, he, <laughs> he did grade four when he was like 10 or, you know, or something on his French on and he was hopeless. But he's he's, he's, he's a music fan. The, the main thing is he's a music fan, but like, you know, the most generic, he'll listen to whatever's on the radio. He has no, it's not like he's got any hip taste in anything whatsoever. So he hates jazz. That's too complicated for him. He just gets, he's happy just going to a garage and buying a driving CD and he'll listen to that until he knows every word of every song and then he'll get another one. And it's like, <laughs> you know, that's, that's his music taste. So with us there, the fact that he has, he sort he knows we're good, sort of, but he doesn't really know how good we are. He just, you know, we're just like a sort of functioning thing for him, really, that he can do, play this and we sort of try and play it and it's fine. You know, it's like he uses us as a weird toy, sort of. Yeah. So I that's the thing. It, it can be chaotic because we can play stuff around it. You know, if it was just noise, it it wouldn't work. But we can generally make some music happen at the drop of a hat. Which sort of ties it together. 
it, yeah, it, it, it works beautifully. It really yeah. does. Thank um, you. But but to your detriment, uh, tomorrow night you're you're playing out a sold out Shepherd's Bush yep. Palladium. But that means now you're going to miss the Carabao Cup against Bournemouth. Yeah, and I've got a good feeling about it. To be honest, I'm quite excited about the Carabao Cup this season. I think I think we should focus our energies on it, don't you? <sighs> well, yeah, absolutely. I think you, you know. Want. I think I think that's where you get get it get the ball rolling, get the first cup. You know, for yeah. fifty years, whatever it is. You know, it kind of feels like it might be the time to focus on it. But yeah, I'm just I'm just gutted to see them all back playing. It's been a I mean, I've loved the World Cup, but it's not the same, is it? Especially not from the form we're in. Well, you were over there. Uh, yeah, I was. It was really <laughs> yeah. To be honest, the two games, I saw the Argentina-Holland one as well, which was oh, a nice. brilliant game. It was like, so fun as a neutral, that one. Because, you know, it was fights and there was a streaker. It was like, what's going on? Yeah. Poor old streaker's probably in some horrible jail banner. Probably. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> yeah, quite. I was just gonna, all I was going to say is, Mark, um, in regards to this Carabao Cup, because I think a lot of fans at the start of the season thought, let's try and get him back into Europe or at least the top half this season, because that could be, you know, that seventh place is kind of that position that Newcastle fans sit in. That would be the most optimistic position, yeah, totally. if we're being, uh, being honest. But how difficult is it, do you think, for Eddie Howe? Because when you see the draw for this League Cup as well, there's no Chelsea, there's no Arsenal, there's no yeah, Tottenham. Exactly. What, if, what if Man City or Liverpool are getting knocked out as well? There's only Man United, and let's be honest, Man United aren't the Man United of old. No. If we avoid the Man City or Liverpool in the next round, you're in a quarter-final, and essentially yeah. a couple of games away from Wembley, which is not a million miles away from where you are right now. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll be doing everything I can to blag a ticket for that, let me tell you. Get Robbie to play the Carabao Cup final. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that might be more horn section level, that one. Yeah, yeah. I need spice, spice at half time. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, just people looking around going, Grandma has what, peas? Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what did he say? What? what? Yeah, uh, yeah, it would be great though, wouldn't it? And, you, and you're quite right in what you say because I think when Chelsea had their big takeover and Man City had their big takeover, their their first trophy was the Carabao Cup. Yeah, you have so... to you have to get you have to get something under your belt, but you know, playing those games where it's a mental thing. I was thinking about the World Cup last night. It's like England need to get a win, just a win, and then they can kick on. But it's just so hard to get that first one. I think, you know. I mean, how long is it since Newcastle at Wembley? It's like, what? So you've, never mean, been to the, you've never been to the new Wembley in, in a cup no, game. We've played yeah, top right. a couple of times, but yeah, it'd yeah. be the old Wembley, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah in, a, in a final, it would have been that FA Cup it, final. But Arsenal, weren't we there this right? season? Yeah. There was Arsenal then the season after Man United, but wasn't yeah. wasn't Chelsea the semi final at Wembley? Oh, uh, was that, right. Yeah, I think it was. Or was that Cardiff? No, no, Chelsea's right. Chelsea, yeah, Rob Lee. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, okay. You know, I just think, hopefully, yeah, obviously, I think we're way ahead of expectation. I I was thinking 7th, 8th, like optimistically Mm. 7th, 8th, like that's my dream scenario. But now that's going to feel disappointing, to be honest. (laughs) You know, which is, it sounds ludicrous, doesn't it? Like we're all laughing about it it, because it sounds so ridiculous. But I just, I think we're just playing such great football. It's, you know, there's no denying that. It's not just it hasn't been luck. You know, if anything, we've had bad luck and get you know got not got as many points as we should have. You know, yeah. So no. it's right. I think, yeah, it's like you know, yeah. You know, why not? You know, why not get the ball rolling with the cup this season and then kick on next? You know, it oh, it still feels dirty to talk. I know. It's, it's, like it just doesn't it doesn't feel right to talk in such optimistic terms at all. No, like how many points till we get to forty? That that's how that's how yeah yeah that's it. Isn't it? Is. Like we're going to be at forty by you know the end of January. It's bananas. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. What, what do you love most about this team right now, Mark? Is is it just the, the actual team ethic, the team work? Yeah, everyone's kind of trying to get the three points. It's the press. Like the, the just the way they've changed the style of play is what I love about it, and and I love that they haven't. He, he could have 
gone a different way, like played it a little bit safer and still progressed. But he's gone, right, no, I want this team to play like this because that's how the best teams in the league play. And we're playing the similar sort of game to Man City or whatever, where the, it's just a great press and no one, no one can handle it. At the, you know, I mean, I think we'll get found out a little bit more because they're, they're going to know that's what we're going to do. I'm interested to play Arsenal because mm. they've kicked yeah. on so much this season. I think that's a real big game. They 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 will probably feel like they they kind of owe us one as well after we kind yeah of after after the, their top four hopes last exactly. I, I think that's a really, that's a big game for me and like kind of I'm excited to see like to measure ourselves because they've they they're playing some great football as well. Mm. It's like no Gabriel big. Jesus though for them. He's, no, he's going to be enough. missing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, it's, that's the thing. I just love, I love the style of play, and I, th- I think each week I've got a different favourite player because <laughs> you know it's like when Joel Linton's been an af- absolute bruiser, or you know Trippy has been so good. Like what you know, his world class thing is is what br- brings everything up with him. And Bruno, obviously, and Miggy. It's all. It's just you know I have a different one each week, but the team press is what. And just love to watch. Yeah, and even if they lose doing that, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's the effort that's gone into it, and the, you know the fitness levels and stuff. It's so different that they're so that they're the fittest team in the league. Yeah, Wait, I, I don't I don't remember them ever being the fittest. You know, yeah. even under the entertainers, what you know, on, they, it wasn't like we were the fittest team. We were just that was just ludicrous. But <laughs> you know, that's that's what I love about it. I don't I don't I don't mind losing if if that's if the effort's gone in like that. Do you think these first four or five games back after the World Cup will will really shape our season now? Because yeah, it feels it, a little bit like that. A couple of tricky games in there. I don't think Leicester away is going to be half as no. easy as it was a couple of months ago. Yeah, they seem to have got their mojo back a bit. Um, yeah, it, it is quite, isn't it? I think it's just how, how do you have the, are they going to hit the ground running? Basically, I think the Bournemouth game is kind of kind of a good one. You know, we're start, mm. starting ahead of everyone else. And if we do get a result there, what, what's the game on Saturday after that? Um, Leeds. Yeah. Leicester then Leeds. Leicester then Leeds, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all, they're all, you know, that's not easy. But not, nothing's easy. You know, it's just not none of them are easy. Leeds seem to have picked up a little bit as well, don't they? Yeah. yeah. They, always seem to, they always seem to get a good win against one of the big six. I don't know, maybe yeah. it's because it's... The Ellen Road faithful kind of giving that bit yeah. of an extra push. I mean, I, th- I guess then... good, I guess I guess the good thing is that Trippier and uh, Callum they haven't played much no. in, in while they've been away. No, in Bruno, no, Bruno came on what twice. Yeah, no, you know, I think I think we got sacked. <laughs> I mean, that's weird, isn't it? They thought, Very. yeah. I I think the the good thing about it is they haven't played that much football, but they've been in training all the time. So you know, it's not like they've come back with injuries and anything like that. So we've got as good a chance as any to get a good few results. I think. I'm going to put a, put you in a really difficult position here, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Newcastle, Newcastle to win the League Cup. You can only have one of these two options: Newcastle to win the League Cup or Newcastle to finish in the top four. What are you taking this season? Oh, Can't man. have both. To be honest, I think I would take the win, the cup win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just for some silverware, hmm. honestly. And I think I don't mind waiting another year for Champions League football. I don't think. <laughs> you know, maybe this straight. So they, you know, they're not exhausted. We get an even deeper squad. You know, but what it might this year because we haven't got the other games going on. We have the best chance because everyone else has more games. You know. So I don't know. I think really? I think I'd take the win. Yeah, I th- I think you're 100 percent spot on, and like that still means Europa League qualification. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Th- Thursday nights can be a bit maligned, but I, I bloody love them. I, yeah, I, I don't mind that Thursday night. Yeah, I don't mind the Thursday nights. Yeah, like European nights at St James's. Yes, please. Even when we had that one season there under Pardiola. <laughs> they were they were great beating Angie in the last second. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fantastic. It really, really was. Um, what 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 are your earliest memories of Newcastle? In the sense, you talk about Kevin Kevin Keegan and Chris Waddle. Is is that your favourite time supporting Newcastle United, Mark? No, or is, no, is no it what I, you, I, what right now. 
I was too young then. I sort I sort of vaguely knew what was going on, but didn't really. You know, it was just. We, well, I mean, we all played football all all day at school, and then just pretended to be Chris Waddle. Um, but no, it was, uh, Bobby Robson probably he was best for me. I loved Bobby. I mean, I was down here then, but I remember going to watch his first game in charge at, in Highgate with a really good mate of mine who was a Liverpool fan, and then we hammered Sheff- Sheffield Wednesday. Was it eight nil? Yeah. yeah. we got five. Having you know, after that rude Hullet hell. It was yeah. just like, oh, this, come on, Bobby, yes. And I love that, and I hate it when they sacked him. I just, I just don't, I didn't understand it. It was ridiculous. And yeah. yeah. I love those, those years were brilliant. Because we played great football, and we were, you know, second. We finished, what, fifth, fourth? Third, fourth, yeah. yeah. Finished, finished third the same season. We were in the Champions League, Champions yeah. League nights. Yeah. In Juventus. Yeah, Juventus and oh, all of that was brilliant. Craig Bellamy goal and all that. Was, I loved those nights. They were great. I mean, I had to watch, you know, I was watching them all on the telly with Joe, actually, because that's when I was living with Joe. So we would, you know, living like students in a Ming and flat with no heating, but <laughs> dancing around the living room and stuff. It was brilliant. And I just, so, just well, Bobby Robson's a hero, isn't he? He's a, it's just yeah. a legend. Yeah. Yeah. My hero, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's just. What a legend! Yeah. So, are, are you the only Newcastle fan in the in the Horn section? I know is Alex a Liverpool fan, or is it? Yeah, is Alex, a... Alex is a Liverpool fan, and now he's on the Chesham board of directors. Oh yeah, yeah, he's on the Chesham so, gravy train. Yeah, he's on that now, so he's loving that. Um, well, yeah, he's a Liverpool fan. Uh, Joe's a Millwall fan. Oh God! So Millwall, and well, get this: so Millwall is ten minutes away from me. I'm in South East London. And my son, who's football crazy, has decided he's a Millwall fan. So we I, we went to his first game the other day. Uh, me, Joe, Stone Island, get the badge in. Yeah. <laughs> so in the, I was like, this is my life. Nil-nil draw at Millwall. I was like, are you sure you don't want to be a Newcastle fan? <laughs> he's like, no. You said you had to support your local team. I was like, well, yeah, sort of. <laughs> I didn't mean this. <laughs> So yeah, that's my life now. It's Millwall. Uh, it's funny. It's funny that because he's got the whole of London to choose from. You can get oh, him any London team. Yeah, exactly. And I a couple mean, of years ago, we'd have probably said, "Yeah, fair enough. Don't bother supporting yeah, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Don't blame <laughs> you." And to be fair, he's seen all that. He's, he's nine, so he's seen me. This is obviously the first time he's seen me for happy about football. So, but uh, basically, his nanny is a football mad as well she's a massive palace fan so i think she was trying to get him to be a palace fan and he's deliberately winding her up by saying he's a millwall fan because it's closer <laughs> what is the camaraderie like between the uh between all of you and with, with all your different football teams is it just like being in a pub essentially and seeing if one, of, if one of the teams are playing so, two of you it's very much half and half so uh me joe alex and ed are football crazy and the other two haven't got a clue I mean, literally, um, Will sort of knows who Neville Southall is. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. And Ben doesn't know anything about football. But it's all, yeah, good-natured banter. And we, when we got to do, I don't know if you know, we did that Peter Crouch show. We were the house yeah. band on his thing, and that was like the best summer ever because we were recording that right next to Wembley. And we got to watch all the games with Crouchy and the guests, whoever they were. So sometimes Wayne Rooney one week, we sat with... Rio Ferdinand and Tony Adams came in and we watched the football with them and Joe was walking around with the trumpet playing with the hoover on his head playing <laughs> the trumpet and stuff. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah, that was fun. Do you have a quiet word with Rio going, uh, what, what's, your, what, what's going on? Yeah, what's your problem? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't really speak to Rio actually. He seemed, seemed all right, but yeah, he's an idiot, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In regards meant- to Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in regards uh, to, to Neville Southall, you mentioned that viral clip of him and Michael Owen. With the, oh yeah, have you, have you seen that? There was a picture on Twitter about of the goalkeeper, but when he says, "Well done," he's thirteen. He's like thirty-two now. Yeah. <laughs> there was a picture of them both on Twitter the other day. Like, yeah, Neville Southall transcends generations. He does. Good old Neville. <laughs> 
No, I was going to say, when you, what was it like working with Peter Crouch? And obviously, I know you mentioned other footballers as well, but what was that summer like? Obviously, you, you mentioned you get oh. to watch all the footballers football as well. What was so special about being at Wembley at that time? Well, I mean, obviously, the results helped massively. And we were booked. I think if England had gone out earlier, it would have been a pretty weird gig. Because, like, who's going to watch <laughs> It was. It only worked because they kept getting hammered comedians to come over from Wembley to appear on it, and Rob Beckett would roll in like half ten. Oh, he was a mess. Steaming, and like it was like, oh my god! I thought we were bad, but these the guests. It was it was crazy. It was a it was really great. Like Crouch, they wouldn't know who was going to be on the show, and we'd be there. We'd all be watching the football, and the news would start, and then we'd get into position, and Crouch would be like texting, "Come on, can you come over now?" just trying to get them to walk through to be on the show later, you know, and then half the time they did. It was, so it was, it was brilliant, but it feels like a weird fever dream because it was, you know, coming out of the lockdown and everything. We hadn't really done much in terms of performing and then we were thrust into this crazy thing. Yeah, it was just yeah. it was bananas. It was like, you know, it was, it was pretty intense at Wembley as well. We'd go up, we'd walk around the ground before and it had that proper... England vibe of really drunk people who not been allowed to be out for a couple of years, and it was like a friggin' war zone after the time. <laughs> it did get a bit like that, didn't it? Yeah, like, especially it bit, the final. It's bit the final. We because Alex had his kids there that day, and Rachel, his wife, was there, and we took we we were like, "Oh, you got to come and see. It's really fun." We walked down to Wembley Way, and it it wasn't fun. It was like riot. But, you know, they, everyone, loads of people had turned up who didn't have tickets. It was completely out. <laughs> So we would like, thankfully, we could just turn around and go back to the safety of our compound, you know, and sit there with Crouchy and John Barnes or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a bit fruity. And actually in Qatar, I have to say, it was so nice because no one could drink. There's no no fights, like no lariness. It's just, there's it something to be said for them all being sober. I had to get a bus back with a load of French people. It was absolutely fine. They're all like, commiserations and... Yeah. Wow. Did you really feel like you saw the real Qatar though, or is it bit No, Truman not at all. Show, Truman oh, Show-ish? No, of course, <laughs> it was completely Truman Show. And I assume now it's empty. I mean, it was heaving, obviously, because they had all the extra staff working in hotels. Ubers everywhere and everything was working really efficiently. But the the, the actual, I think there's only 330,000 people live there. And, and, you know, they've got <laughs> six enormous... 90,000 seater stadiums. It's like, what are you going to do with these? You can fill them, but there's no, nobody to watch. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it was a pretty Truman Show. And you'd get di- directed onto the tube, and there's loads of people. So you just walk in and being pushed onto something and getting there. And it was, it was, it was well organized, but I didn't feel like I'd visited Qatar at all. You know, I, I saw hotel foyers, very clean tube stations, and amazing stadiums. And then back to my hotel. It's you know, it's not really travelling, is it? But well, I guess no. that's you know. But you know, I'm I'm not going to say no to an opportunity to go and watch World Cup games. Not I think everybody would. I think I think a lot of people would have would have snapped at the chance. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Unbelievable, for unbelievable seats for the England game. I was like twenty seats from the pitch. I was like, was that? Which game was that for? Did you get to to England, uh, to, to witness Chesney Hawks at halftime? No, I didn't actually. He, um, the halftime was Bob Marley's one of Bob Marley's sons, Julian Marley, who I didn't even know existed, and he did. He banged through some random songs. It's been pretty weird. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, yeah, because Chesney Chesney Hawks came to our gig, and he was meant to be doing. Something, but I didn't see him. Oh, so, Chesney and Robbie doing the one and only. <laughs> oh, that that'd be a proper were you there? Yeah, we did. Uh, we've done. Never going to give you up with Rick Astley before. Oh, oh what was that like? Which was, which was good. We did that at Manchester yeah. Stadium. <laughs> at, at the Etihad. <laughs> well, I mean, the best the best ones we've had with Robbie is because obviously the football connection's so strong. There's always a footballer in the in the dressing room before. So on the last tour we've just finished, we had Eric Harland and Harry Maguire when we were in Manchester. But the best one was when we were in Copenhagen a few years back. Peter Schmeichel came on and played piano. 
<laughs> and did, did a song with us on piano. We were like, is that Peter Michael? Like, what's, what's going on? It's one of those. What? Yeah, yeah. But, and, they were like, oh, and then the rest of the band, were, oh, yeah, he, he always comes and plays when we're in Copenhagen. We were like, what do you mean? <laughs> did you have words yeah. with Schmeichel about, come on, mate, why did you just have, why couldn't you just let one of them shots in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they had. Shit house, yeah. He's a really nice bloke, actually. Yeah. He could, he's a such shame a, he's that like, is that he's nice. I know, he's really nice. And kind of, he's a massive Robbie fan, so he's always really gracious. And it's always like, oh, I just want to punch you. <laughs> Do the shuffle hands. <laughs> um, just a couple of, last couple of questions, Mark. I want to touch about a, a question that we've asked guests before. Because everyone's, everyone kind of says Alan Shearer is their main hero, and quite rightly yeah. so. Quite rightly so. But have you got a, another player or your second favourite ever Newcastle United player that you just, every time you hear the name, it just makes you smile or there's a standout moment? What is, is Who is that player for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's got to be Nobby Solano, who I love, part, partly because of his trumpet Friend playing. of the <laughs> show, Nobby Solano. Has he? Oh, yeah. How oh, brilliant. Yeah, I love Nobby Solano. He's I mean, great footballer, but also like such a random character. The whole thing of him playing his trumpet with his the Geordie, what is it? What was his band called? The Geordie. Oh, oh man, he had some like Latin band. Yeah. They, they, anyway, they, anyway, they, they played in Shearer's bar afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Chris Hewton. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so I just love the or something like that. Something, something like that. It's like this, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I just think he was such a great character and then also scored like beautiful goals on occasion you know like that, there's one that sticks in my mind the outside of his right boot like, oh it's like <laughs> it's really good stuff. <laughs> and he was involved in that euro push under bobby which you know was part of my favorite my favorite time as a fan probably apart from now yeah so yeah it'd have to be nobby i think yeah love nobby yeah. solano Love Nobby Solano. Yeah. That, like you say, that team, that midfield, him on the right, Dyer, Speed, yeah, Robert. Oh, yeah, yeah, Robert. Robert, he's got some right pingers, didn't he? Amazing. Yeah, it just it's Graham Seamus has a lot to answer for. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> he really does. The hard we man. We, yeah, we were... the, because they had one weird fight with each other. Who doesn't do yeah. that? <laughs> We had a little debate in the in the NFTV WhatsApp group who was like the worst manager we've seen, and like, like to, to the untrained eye, people will say Ruth. Uh, well, people wouldn't say Ruth Hollick because he got us to an FA Cup final. But then yeah. I made the point of: Did you see the run we had to the final? That is just ridiculous. Yeah. It was a trip. To the, it was a tripping up to the final. That yeah, it was <laughs> crackers falling into the final. Sunas has got to be right down there, hasn't he? Just yeah. dismantling that team. Just a great f- team with flair and and real nous, and just to make them into some sort of here's tap- boom song. Yeah, yeah. It's like what? That was a really bad time. That sacking Bobby when he's an old legend and sacking him because you know disciplinary stuff. It's just nonsense. I hated that. Anyway. Some will say we never fully recovered from second boy Robson until probably very, very recently with Eddie Yeah, Howard. well, I think that's true. I think it really is. It like it's the heart and soul of the, the thing, you know, where he really got it, and as a local lad and all of that. And I remember my mum ran into him. She was down at the quayside for New Year's Eve once, and Bobby's just pottering about with his wife, and, and my mum, being my mum, like just went up and chatted to him. And was like, I just want to thank you for everything you've done and. And he was still he was still in charge then, so he, he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it," and just you know, and she's like, and he's just like a lovely bloke like that, you know. I like, love that he had that op- optimism and was like, "Yeah, we're gonna do it this season," and like you know, to, as a like a fan, really, it's like mm-hmm. magic. I do think that that film, <clears throat> uh, the film of him, is really good. The yeah, the, it's, it's it, yeah, it was on the other night, wasn't it? It was yeah. um, it, really good, really good. Yeah. yeah, I think the title is very appropriate, more than just the manager. Yeah, quite, so that, completely. Yeah, he just there's the spirit of the bloke, I think. Hundred um, percent. My final question is two questions, so I do apologise, but 
I want to find out what your standout moment of your career so far is and where will Newcastle United be in the next five years? Okay. <clears throat> um, I've had loads of great pinch me standout moments, to be honest. It's like I think of it as two parallel careers because there's the session musician one, which is just playing for other people. And, you know, we've done some unbelievable gigs with Robbie. Um, you know, playing Wembley Stadium obviously is a big deal and headlining festivals is always... We did a, um, an amazing gig in Bucharest uh, in... Cha- uh, what's the... The palace there, I can't remember. It's like an abandoned palace from the communist era and we played in front of that. Ah, okay. like, this is bananas, you know, it just felt insane. And then obviously meeting the England team is a... It's things money can't buy, you know what I mean? It's like experiences like that I, I do make an effort to savor them and i do that even more as i get older to really try and enjoy them and then the horn section which is actually like our project that we've all worked on together and getting that on tv is a, is a really big deal you know because it's it's a pretty weird it's a pretty if you went cold with that pitch to a commissioner they'd be like what's he talking about a jazz band of for 40, 40 year old men what no that's not going on tv <laughs> but it because of the journey it's been on it, it feels it feels like a really great moment to be proud of to get it onto tv to be honest and also there's something great about it being on channel four because all my favorite things started on that like vic and bob and harry hill yeah. garth Marenghi. oh know, yes you know all those things that really shaped what i like comedically started on channel four so i think we're all pretty proud of that it being on channel four to be honest is there gonna um, be a second series well alex had his smell my cheese meeting with really him. with yeah, tony so hayes yeah <laughs> chased him around so i think yeah i think so we it's not it's not signed and yet but it will be i think hopefully we'll get it all sorted out in the new year because because we'd love to make one basically i think i think we think it's a lot of that first series is setting setting up what's happening, you know, to, mm. to get one, and we don't need to do that in the second series. You can just carry on with some silly japes, and it'll just be for the sake of it. <laughs> so, yeah, fingers crossed. I think they'll they'll get it over the line in the new year. I hope. Um, and Newcastle in five years. I mean, you know, where Man City are, just constantly at the top, constantly going for Europe. It's got to be that, hasn't it? Do you reckon in five years' so. time we'll be so good and we'll be like, oh, I miss Henry Sive. I miss. <laughs> <laughs> I miss. I'm, I really miss Sylvan Marvo. I think there's a. I don't. I, I think it's very difficult to keep performing like Man City do. Mm. I think he's he's brilliant, Pep, at rejuvenating in just the right places, and and signing like the Haaland signing is just genius because they're ridiculous now with him and, and it's that just you know he wasn't that expensive for what he's brought and that thing of just getting the right player to keep the juggernaut rolling is is a difficult thing to do and not everyone you know Liverpool have dropped off this season because they without Sane they're pretty they're not balanced properly and you know it's that it's like well, how can we keep going like that or is it one way of we're brilliant one season and then it drops away a bit and then we're back up. So I think the trick is to keep it rolling. I'd hope in five years they've it seems like everything's in place to make that happen like that, but it's it's very difficult to do. So that would yes. be I just you know, I think Newcastle deserve to have a steady go at the top. Because the, the previous times in my lifetime have just been too short, essentially. Like three years under Bobby or three years under Keegan or whatever. It's like it was magical, but it just fell away too e- easily. Kind of just by shooting themselves in the foot, you know. Yeah. So I just like to. I'd hope it, they can keep it going for a bit longer. Well, I hope you're right, Mark. I yeah, I well, really so do I. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I generally do mean that. It's been absolutely brilliant. I'm sure oh, really Sam echo those sentiments as well. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you, and even giving us a little exclusive at the end about the, about another series. <laughs> yeah, well, so, hope so. <laughs> we'll, we'll take we'll take that. We'll put that on our mantra as well. But Sam, where can everybody listen to this podcast? The links in the description. Uh, you can catch up on all our previous episodes as well, including Nobby Solano and Sir Bobby <laughs> Robson's son, Mark Robson. 
and uh, a, a load of other great guests as well links in the description so don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating as well why not why not uh, this is our last show before christmas so we'd like to wish all our listeners and viewers if you're watching this on youtube at a later date all the very best for christmas and the new year as well so for myself jonathan greenwood my co-host samuel and today's guest mark brown we'll see you all very soon cheers Thank newcastle fans tv the Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the northeast. Reserve a table today on 0191213 0399 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk.